aren't you glad that he's worthy? Glory be to God. Would you just give him a hand clap of praise this morning? He's worthy of all praise, of all honor, and all glory. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. You're worthy of all praise. Father God, this morning, as we've come into 2021st, into this 20, 21st year, Father, I pray right now, God, as we come into this first service, this Sunday morning service, Father, God, you're awesome in this place. We've come to worship. We've come to magnify you. God, whether we're in-house or on live feed, Father, that's what we've come to do is to worship you. And Father, we thank you and we praise you for what you've done in our lives. And God, we thank you for what you're going to do in this year. In Jesus' name we pray. And every, everyone said amen and amen. Would you give God another hand clap of praise this morning? Amen. Glory be to God. God is good, ain't he? All the time. Amen. Again, we greatly appreciate you being in the house of God this morning. Thank you to our awesome worship and our praise team as they have led us into, into worship today. Thank you. Thank you for, for being here today. Thank you for those that are joined us on live feed. We do have a lot that are sick. As you can take a look around, those that are in-house, you can look around, you can tell that there are several seats that are empty. We have a lot that is sick this morning. We want to continue to be praying for them that God will just minister in their lives, whatever the need may be, that God will minister and bless them. Amen. We've got some that are on the road traveling. We pray that God will just bless them. Keep them safe in their travel as they travel from, uh, from their destinations back home. And we pray that God has protected them on their time there and as they've come back. Uh, so we want to continue to be praying uh, for them as well. This morning, I have a project that I need you to help me with. I have a project that I need you to help me with. Over the next several months, we'll say, I need you to do something for me. Over the next couple of weeks, most of you know and most of you have already may have received at some point in time, you've received a postcard in the mail. Guess what? Let me let you in on a little secret. Don't tell anybody I said that. It's not from me. It's not my handwriting. I know that none of you thought that, did you? <laughs> it's a lot better handwriting than mine, isn't it? And over the, next few, over the next few months, I'm going to say a few months, uh, I, need, I, need, I need some help from you to uh, keep the person that is doing postcards to keep that person very, very busy. I've got something that I want you to help me do in keeping her busy. Now, I'm sure that she doesn't want me to tell you who she is, so I will not tell you that she's sitting on the second row. I didn't say which side on the second row, so I mean, I'm just going to say, I'm not going to tell you who it is. But I want you to keep, I want you to do something for me. She's got, this person, she has got a stack of 250 postcards. That's not counting the other, the other stack. This is a new stack. This is a fresh stack. This is a brand new stack. She's got a stack of postcards, and over the next few, few weeks, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back through and every address of anybody that I've got 
that I do not believe has moved out of this area and is not attending a church on a regular faithful basis somewhere, I'm going to give her that name and that address. This postcard that she's going to send to them is going to invite them to join us at Coosa Valley Church of God. What I need from you is if you have a neighbor, you have a friend, you have somebody that is in this area that is not attending church on a faithful and regular basis, that is not, I don't want, look, let me tell you something, I don't want anybody from another church, amen? I got a couple of them. Let me say it again. I don't want anybody from another church, amen? But I, what I do want is people that are sitting at the house this Sunday morning and they, they could be in church somewhere and they're not. And I'm not talking about because of COVID. I'm talking about laziitis. It's another uh, disease that has swept across this nation, amen? It's called laziitis. And I think is more detrimental to the church world than COVID-19 ever thought about being. Amen? I need their name address. I need their name and their address. If you got their phone number and you're not afraid to give it, give it to me. Because I'm going to pass along those names and those addresses to this young lady because she needs something to do. She's probably shaking her head. Uh -uh. No, but what we want to do is we want to invite people to join us here at Coosa Valley. Do you know how people come to church? Studies have shown... Surveys have been conducted. Polls have been taken. All of the data has been compiled together. And the people that come to church, they are least likely to come to church at the invitation of the pastor. Hello? They are more apt to come to church when, a, when somebody, a member of the church... A friend of theirs that goes to that church, they're more apt to join or to come to church if that person invites them. So that's my second part of this project. The first part is I need names and addresses of folks. The second part has got to be up to you. You've got to follow up and invite them yourself. Just getting a postcard signed by Pastor Andy that we all know is not my handwriting is not going to do everything. We've got to be the mouthpiece of God. Amen? Amen? Is anybody going to help me? Come on. Now, I want us to look at something. Over the last year, this last year, we looked at something that we called Refocus 2020. This is the first Sunday of a new year. And we're moving in, and it doesn't mean that we have to get rid of an old message. It just means that we're moving into a brand new year. And what I want us to look at is over the last, this last year, this last year has been a really rough year. But it has been a really awesome year. Amen? You can look at it in two different ways. You can look at it that it's been a really bad year. These folks have gotten sick. This has happened financially. This has happened over here. This has happened over here. We've not been able to go to church. You wasn't going anyway. You, we haven't been able to do this. We haven't been able to do that. It's been a horrible year. You can look at it that way. Or you can look at it like this. 
This is January the 3rd of a brand new year and God has brought us through one more day. God has brought us through another year. Things might have been rough. Things might have been tough. But my God who is able as He brought them out of the fiery furnace, as He brought them out of the lion's den, as He brought them, as he brought them through the stormy seas, He still brought us through one more year to be able to worship and praise Him for one more day. Amen. I'm so thankful that I've got help I was able to get up this morning. I was able to do something for myself. And I was able to come to the house of God. This is a glorious year. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise this morning. God is good. Now we've got to take stock. We've got to take stock of 2020. We looked at refocus 2020. We looked at four things. The last part of the year we looked at worship. We looked at love. We looked at serve and we looked at grow. These four things are not leaving us. We're going to continue to look at those throughout different aspects throughout the year. Why? Because this is not something that we can just let on the side and do nothing with. We've got to continue to worship God. Amen? We've got to continue to love God and show the love of God to those around us. We've got to continue to serve God by serving Him in His church and in His kingdom. And by doing all of those things, we've got to continue to grow in God. We cannot let Things just go by the wayside. Oh, we just got to get to the status quo. I'd be so glad when things get back to normal. Well, you know what? Things are not normal, so let's set a new normal. Things have gotten us out of our habit. Let's get a new habit. Things have just got us all cattywonkered and, and gone a whole different way. Well, let's start something new. Let's get up and go to the house of God. Let's worship a risen Savior. Let's take every day as a brand new day that this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in what God is doing in my life. We've got to take the focus. We've got to set that mindset to that end. To that end, I want you to see something. In 2021, I told you the other day, I'm not calling, I'm going to try my best not to ever call it 2021 because 2020 did not win. God is still winning. 2021st, with hindsight 2020. Yeah, I got a laughter out of that one when I introduced that to uh, Sister Carrie and Miss Katie. With hindsight 2020, what 2020 has shown us is that we are stronger together. We're stronger together as a body of believers. We are stronger when we're united. The book of Acts tells us that they went into the upper room. They was in one mind and one accord. They was all together in one place. And suddenly, well, I, don't, I want you to know something. I don't believe for one second that the end suddenly moments and the end suddenly movements are gone and done by the wayside. I'm believing for an end suddenly moment and an end suddenly condition and suddenly move of God in the 2021st year. I'm believing that God is still on the throne and He's still wanting to do something in people's lives. But we've got to get together as a body of believers and worship Him. 
Brother Andy, is there things that's gone wrong? Is there things that's caused us to be, to be uh, backwards? No, I do not believe so. But I do believe that Satan and all of his wild schemes and everything that he's tried to do, he has tried to tear the church down. Well, it is time for the church to say, we're going to stand united. We're going to stand on the Word of God. We'll come what may, we're going to continue to press forward. We're going to keep pushing forward towards the mark of the high calling of God. We're not looking back at what used to be. We're looking ahead at what can be. Why? Because the things of the past are gone. The things of the past are done away with. It doesn't mean that we don't learn something. It means we press forward. We push ahead. We learn from the things and we keep going on in God. This is supposed to be calm, cool, and collective this morning. But what we've got to understand is we've got to keep pressing forward with Almighty God. Amen? We need each other. We need each other now more than ever before. There's one phrase that's been on the news and I'm so sick and tired of hearing it. I'm so sick and tired of hearing this phrase I thought I'd just throw it in here. They keep saying all over the news, listen to the science. Follow the science. Well, you know what? Let's listen to the science. Let's follow the science. Science shows us that when a baby is born, that baby has a need, that baby has a want. That baby's needs, that baby's want is to get close to mama. To get close and have human touch and human affection. Science has shown us that when a baby is not bonding with mama, that there is a separation that forms in that baby's life. This is the same for Christians today. Christians need each other around them. As a person grows older, science shows us, hey, they keep saying follow the science, listen to the science, so let's do it. As a person, as a human being gets older, we find that in their lives they have determined that money does not buy happiness. Come on. As you get older, you find that you still need human touch and human affection. You still need social interaction. Hello? This has been all over the science, all over the news. Everybody's saying it. Well... Let's take what they're saying and apply it to the spiritual realm. As a Christian, we need each other. We need one another. Growth will be stunted. Spiritual growth will be stunted. Over the last several weeks, I have texted and talked to several different people over the telephone or texted with them. And, one, and we're, going to start, we're going to start having communication. We're going to start talking. We're going to start sitting down. Want, they've got some things they want to share. And we're going to start sharing. We're going to start interacting. But one of the things that has been brought out above anything else, at the very end, it says this. They'll say this. I know I need something. I know I need someone.
Well, let me tell you something. I, as a child of God, know that I need somebody. And that somebody was born in a manger one, one, one Christmas morn. And then one day, three, 33 and a half years later, he hung on the cross of Calvary. And is today sitting at the right to the Father make an intercession for you and I and because he went to the Father he sent a Holy Spirit comfort and guide to us I need the Holy Spirit of God in my life I need somebody well this morning I want us to stop and I want us to take a look at some reasons that we need to be connected one with another and that we need to stay connected with our church family throughout this year. And I'm also attempting to show us that we are stronger together. I want you to take a look at some passages of Scripture this morning. First is found in John chapter 10. John chapter 10 and verse 16. John chapter 10 verse 16 tells us this. He says, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, though there is one flock and one shepherd. Church, we are called to be the sheep of God. We are sheep. Now, if we're wandering to and fro, then we have not, we're not listening to the voice of the shepherd. Hello? Sheep, I'm going to talk about that in just a second. Sheep do not like dwelling alone. Sheep like dwelling in flocks under a shepherd. Jesus Christ is that good shepherd. Jesus knows his sheep and his sheep know his voice. Why? Because they listen to the voice of God. There is an intimate knowledge between Jesus and his sheep. Jesus knows the Father, and Jesus knows the sheep. And therefore, because Jesus knows the Father, the Father knows the sheep. Why? Because the Father owns the sheep. Jesus, as the shepherd, will die for the sheep. There are many today that are trying to lead sheep Christians, church folks, trying to lead them astray. But at the first time of trouble, the first sign of a disruption, the first sign of something not going their way, what do they do? They fold up camp and they go somewhere else. And they leave sheep to wander for themselves. There's a lot of pastors that are doing that today. Let that simmer. There are a lot of churches that are allowing this to happen today. There are a lot of folks that... I'm going to be ugly, but I'm going to be very biblical in what I'm fixing to say. There are a lot of folks that claims to be in the ministry. I said the word claims. Did you hear what I said? But at the first sign of something not going my way... Well, bless God, y'all ain't, ain't in the will of God. I'm taking up my, I'm picking up my crayons and crayon book, and I'm going down the road. That is not of God. 
I'll say it again. That is not of God. And it happens today a whole lot. What we've got to do is we've got to find... We've got to find a church family that we can interact with, that we can connect with, that we can grow together with, that we can cry together with, that we can be happy together with, and that we can go through the troubles of life, that we can go through the storms of life together with. And we are stronger when we're together as a body of believers than we are if we're separate. Jesus will not flee the sheep when the enemy comes by. Too many times today, the enemy of our soul will frighten people that God has placed as under shepherds over his sheep. Y'all hear me? That includes pastors, student pastors, that includes leaders in the church. That includes Sunday school teachers. That includes ushers. That includes anybody that is working in the kingdom of God. The enemy of our soul wants to disrupt your life and keep you from the house of God. But when those times come, I've heard too many times, Brother Andy, I didn't come to church because I'm facing a spiritual battle. Are you flipping kidding me? Now, if you're running a fever physically, you got food that ain't staying in, you are physically sick, there is a great invention. Let me tell you what it is. It's called a text message. It is called a phone call. It is called, let somebody that's going to come to church request prayer for you because I can promise you with every ounce of my being, I know my heavenly Father can dispatch the Holy Spirit of God right where you're running that fever at, in that, in that bedroom, laying in that recliner, or, or in the bathroom. Yes, I'm saying all this to be comical, but I want you to be, I'm being serious about this. We can pray for you here, and God can touch you there. Does everybody believe me? But I want you to understand something. If you're facing a spiritual, oh, y'all better catch this. Somebody better get a hold of God right here. If you're facing a spiritual battle, the, the bathroom at the house, the bedroom at the house, the recliner at the house is not the place to battle that. You need to get a hold of the horns of the altar of God. You need to take up the whole armor of God. You need to be prepared to stand on the word of God. You need to get a hold of some folks that knows how to pray. We're stronger together. We need to get a hold of God. During those troubling and battling times. Now I want, you to see, I want you to see something. Jesus also worked to enlarge the fold. Jesus worked to enlarge the fold. Does anybody remember the project that y'all just said y'all was going to help me with just a few moments ago? Anybody remember that? Everybody's already forgot it. I know one person that hadn't. The young lady that does the postcards. 
She enjoys it. Y'all, she sent me a picture the other day. These postcards, Brother Roger, these postcards strode all over that living room floor. They all sorts of colors and designs. I look at the handwriting and I didn't write one of them. And everybody said, Amen. <laughs> no, you couldn't. But what we must understand is this. Jesus worked to enlarge the flock, and that's what we've got to do. We are one flock that serves one God and worships one Jesus. Here at Coosa Valley, we are one church that worships one God, serves one Jesus, and we are one church family. Amen? Let's go on. Let's look at this. Give God a hand clap of praise. Yes. Take a look. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 23. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 23. It says this. Which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all and all. The, the church is the body of Christ. I need you to hear me. Y'all need to listen. If you're on live feed, y'all, let me tell you something. Our live feed audience is growing and growing. If they're joining us because they're sick, they're joining us because they ain't well, and that, that's fine. There's a lot of folks that are joining us on live feed this morning that are not here due to being out of town, due to working, or due to being sick. That's what it's for, amen? Amen? Come on, thank you. But this morning, we are one body, and I need you to hear me when I say this. The gathered church is the body of Christ. One way to love Christ is to love His body, the church. You cannot love Christ if you do not love the body of Christ. If you do not love the church, you do not love Christ. Hello? You've got to show, if you are saved, you're going to show the love of God. Is that correct? Come on now. Does that mean that the body of Christ is always going to agree? No, it does not. Come on now. Let's talk about our physical body. There's plenty of times that part of my physical body says, I've got one, two, three, four, and five things to do. But at the same time, my physical body says, uh-uh, ain't happening. You ain't getting out of this recliner. You ain't getting off this couch. You're going to sit here. Am I the only one that happens to? The body of Christ, the body of the church, is not going to always see eye to eye. But at the end of the day, the body of the church is after one thing, more souls being saved. And those souls that are saved becoming disciples of Christ. That's what the body of the church is about. The church is called to be the body of Christ. The church, excuse me, Christ needs the church. And the church needs Christ. Let me say that again. Maybe somebody didn't hear me. 
Maybe somebody on live feed got up and went to refill their cup of coffee. I hope they're back and they're sitting down, they're putting that cream and sugar in there, they're stirring it up, they're walking back from the kitchen, sitting back down at the kitchen table where they got their Bible and their notebook laid out. Oh, well, who are we kidding? They're sitting on the couch. I'm going to say it again. Christ needs the church and the church needs Christ. What does Christ need the church to do? Christ needs the church to be the church. Hello? And in order for the church to be the church, the church needs Christ to work in the church. Christ needs the church to do the work of the Father. And if some in the body of Christ are not going to do the will of the Father, God is going to find somebody else. If God's called you to do a work for Him, and you've sat back and you said, well, I'm just going to lay a fleece out after a fleece after a fleece after a fleece after a fleece, and I'm going to wait on God to move before I do something. Let me tell you something. Laying a fleece out ain't wrong. But laying a fleece out and laying a fleece out and laying a fleece out and laying a fleece out is wrong. We are the sheep of God and we know the voice of God. If you've been in a relationship with God, you know what God's calling you to do. I got one that agrees with me. Come on, church. What we've got to do is quit trying to toy around with God and we've got to get a hold of God and do what God's called us to do. Amen? I've heard so many times in this body, I've heard so many times this body telling me, Brother Andy, we need this ministry, this ministry, this ministry, this ministry. Well, let me tell you something. In order for this ministry, this ministry, and this ministry to operate, do you know what it needs? It needs a body of believers to stand up and take a hold of that ministry and move forward. Amen? I got a few. But at the first sign of trouble, we cannot tuck tail and run we got to look the devil face head on and say the, tell the devil you're not going to win this fight because God is on my side I've got the full armor of God on me I'm not looking back I'm going to kick I'm going to hold on to the mighty hand of God and I'm going to press forward towards the mark of the high calling of God why because I know that God has got this let's go on we as a part of the body of Christ, as a party of, part of the church, we have a function. What are you going to do as the body of believers in 2021 to do to fulfill that function? What are we going to do? We've got a function. I've got a function here at this church. I know what God's called me to do. I'm, I'm going to fulfill my function. But we've all got to fulfill our function. Why? Because Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5. Why do we have to all fulfill our function in order for the church to operate? Why? Because we are one body, but there are many members. The members do not have all the same function. Everybody's not called to be the lead pastor of this church. Hello? But if you're so desperate enough to have a title, and you want a title, I'll give you lead pastor. 
Brother Andy, did you just quit the church? No, I didn't. I'm going to do the function that God's called me to do. I don't have to have a title to do it. But if you're desperate to have a title, then I will give you a title. I will write it down on a scratch sheet of paper and you can now have a title. But I, I promise you, there's a lot of a responsibility that goes along with it. There's a lot of sleepless nights that goes along with it. There's a lot of getting up early in the morning and going to bed late at night. There's a lot of time away from your family and away from friends. There's a lot of time digging into the Word of God and having times in prayer. The title comes with responsibility. If you want the title, then you've got to take on the responsibility. Now what we must understand is everything in the church the gifts and calling of God are, meant, are called without repentance. They are meant to function as a gathered assembly of His church. Now, as the pastor of this church, I could come in here. I could, I could lead the praise and worship. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, help us all. That was rough, wasn't it? I could come in and I could play the piano. Oh, there's more than one key, ain't there? There's 88 of them. I forgot. We could do those things, but it does not work. Why? Because we're one body, many members, many functions. Now I know that as the year 2020, I believe around in March whenever the shutdown came through and it said that everybody's got to stay at home, the church didn't close its doors. The church kept functioning. We kept having Sunday school. We kept having Sunday morning. We kept having Sunday night. We kept having Wednesday night. And yes, I do realize that I was teaching all four. There was exceptions to that. There was reasonings behind that. Then when they started allowing the folks to come in, they started doing other things, opening the door. We started having virtual services. Our student ministries started doing starting doing Instagram Live and, and Facebook Live and, and, and we had Zoom. And, and, and if my grandmother was to have heard us having Zoom, she'd have got on to us for driving too fast. But we, we done these things. Why? Because we longed to stay connected. And now as more has come in, some, some are, are rotating and helping. We're teaching teaching on Wednesday nights together. We're rotating and we're, we're teaching in Sunday schools together. We're doing different things around the church. Student ministries is having their classes next door. I can't teach student ministries and be over here. Children's church is doing their things. I can't be over there and be over here, although they got candy. But what we've got to do is we've got to be one body with many members functioning together as one body.
if, we're, if we are a part of the body of Christ, the church thinks, and the church thinks that, that anybody, any member of that body thinks that he is above the function that he has been given, and he thinks highly of him and herself, God will remove that person. Let me say that again. If you put yourself on a pedestal, God will bring you down. Is that, does that country enough for us? We are to walk humbly before God and before others in the body of Christ. As the church, we are what we are and what we have comes from God. I have nothing that has not come from God. My daughter reminds me of that. When she, was, when she was just a little bitty baby, or a couple of years old, maybe, maybe, maybe about six or seven, it was just a couple of days ago, um, something, she broke something. Accidentally, I think. I said, well, we'll try to fix it. Let's go to the store and buy a new one. Money don't go, just grow on a tree. Well, God gives it to you. Pretty smart for a six-year-old. What we have and who we are comes from God. God has given every person a measure of faith and it is up to us to grow that measure of faith. God gives gifts to every believer and every person. Not just one person or just a few. More than one person has to grow the church. More than just a handful has to grow the church. You see churches today that only three or four is the only ones that's doing anything in the church. That church is not functioning as the body of Christ. Boy, that sure was ugly, wasn't it? We must have everyone together functioning as the body of Christ. Genuine believers, we are one body in Christ. Do you know how I know that? I know that because 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20 tells us there are many parts, yet one body. You can go back and you can read verses 20 through 26, but 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 20 says there are many parts, yet one body. A body cannot survive separated. A body part cannot separate, survive separated from the body. I remember when I was working at the doctor's office, I was walking, I had walked down from my office upstairs and I'd walked down and I was standing at the front desk. I was helping them with something and somebody was banging on the back door. Uh, we looked over and there was a guy standing there and he had, a, he had like this and there was another guy standing behind him and he was banging on the door. So I go running over there, surely, you know, we're thinking, okay, he's cut his finger. No big deal, right? We did that all the time. We stitched him up. We was work comp doctor. Go over there and let him in, take him into procedure. I said, okay, let's go ahead and take the bandage off. Yeah, bad mistake. His finger was missing. He, he, he was holding his hand up like this. I said, you missing something, ain't you? He said, yep. I heard something bang on the back door. I thought, my Lord and mercy, we can't deal with another one. I walked out, and I, the nurses had come in there and started working with him. I walked out, went to the door, and lo and behold, there was a guy with a cooler. I was thinking, we didn't order lunch yet. 
Everybody know where this story is going? I opened the door, Brother Bob, and I said, can I help you? And he said, yeah, I got his finger. <laughs> we opened it up. There was a tuna sandwich laying on top. There was ice, and there was a sandwich bag down underneath that ice. I said, where's the finger? He said, it's down below. Got the finger out and reattached it. Why? Why did we reattach it? Because the finger cannot live apart from the body. And that guy, if we had not reattached that finger, guess what? He needed that finger. He would have had to learn to operate without that finger. Now, sure, he had to go through rehab and everything else after the fact to get everything to working good again like it's supposed to. Never going to fully function right. Why? Because it was cut off. Hello. Did anybody remember that part? But what we've got to understand is one cannot operate outside the body. Every member is important. I need everybody to hear what I'm fixing to say. Live feed and in-house alike. Every member of the church is important. Every member of the church is necessary. Every member has an essential function. And every member is set in the body as God wills. You're not do, if you're doing something outside the will of the Father, then you are in the wrong. You've got to get yourself in the will of God. Every member is distinct. But every but you are a part of the body. And remember, we are stronger together in the body. Why? Because Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20 tells us, and you can go back and read these verses. Just go back and read these verses. I'm going to try to get through this because I need you to understand something. Matthew chapter 18 and 20 tells us that God says that there is a special presence when we gather in the name of Jesus Christ. When we join together and we're, in uni we're united together and we call upon the name of the Lord, we call upon the name of Jesus Christ in united prayer. Now there's more to all these verses. I'm going to go back and I'm going to preach every one of these segments individually, but I'm giving you an overview. This passage is talking about correction. We'll talk about that at one point. But this passage is also talking about the power of united prayer. We're going to talk about that some more later. But on united prayer, it tells us if two or three are gathered together, guess what? The two or three have got to agree and come in complete accord. But it also tells us this. If two or three are gathered together in my name, it means that we're in close, intimate relationship relationship with God. We cannot be separated if we're not to get we cannot be separated and think we're together in God. We've got to be together. You know how I know that? I know that because 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 12 through 27. You can go back and read these. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 12 through 27 is talking about several things. But one thing it's talking about is the special intimacy that comes at communion. An act only possible with called body of believers. This, ref this passage refers to the relationship 
which is essential partnership. This passage of Scripture also talks about wisdom that is called common sense. Hello? And this passage also talks about customs and traditions. I'm not allowing a custom and tradition to override the Word of God. The Bible tells us to call upon the elders of the church, lay hands on the sick, anoint them on oil, and call for the healing of the body. That's not a custom or tradition. But what we've got to understand is when we're standing on the Word of God, we're stronger together. We also find that Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19 tells us that there is authority in prayer. This is our last verse. Matthew chapter 18 verse 19 tells us there is authority in prayer. It says, if two or three of you gather together on earth and ask anything, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. There's authority in prayer. There is authority over the spiritual forces that is attacking the body. It is promised to the body, not to the loner. As a Christian, I cannot defend or attack a devil or a demon. Listen to what I just said. As a Christian in and of my own body, my own self, I cannot, quote unquote, attack a demon. I cannot cast out a demon in and of myself. I have to have the authority of the Holy Spirit of God to act on that. Hello? I've heard so many times and I've had so many churches to tell me whenever we've been in the church and we've pastored in the church, we, we had at one time, there was, a, there was an actual living, breathing, real life warlock came against me. He, he pronounced a curse on me, Brother Bob. I'm proud of myself. I've had a warlock come against me. I called upon the men of my church and I told them first and foremost we need to pray. Second of all, if he comes in here, do not react. Do not be afraid. Do not run in fright. I had somebody to come to me and said, oh, if he comes in here, we got to do. And they listed all these things that was unbiblical. Me and Sister Carrie was standing there because they had come to her first and she brought them to me and we were standing there scratching my head. I said, I tell you what, we ain't going to do all those things. Oh, but this is what we've always done. But that's not, I don't care. That's not biblical. What the Bible tells us, because part of it came up was about our kids. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus over my daughter. I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus over all of the kids in this church. I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus over them because the devil cannot cross the blood of Jesus Christ. He can cross a gravel parking lot. He can cross a doorway. He can do those, but he cannot cross the blood. Hello? 
One of them said, well, we've got to, we've got to restrain them. Huh, y'all go right ahead. I'll be standing right over here when y'all get thrown around. Nowhere in scriptures, y'all find it, y'all tell me. Does it say that Jesus laid hands on any one of them? But what did he do? He spoke. There is authority. I bring that up just to show you there is authority in prayer over spiritual forces. Not to the loner, but in the authority of the believers coming together in agreement. There must be unity in our prayers. We are stronger together. Would you stand all over this house? Myself, Miss Sister Carrie, Miss Katie, the only ones that knew this. I've not shared it with anybody, and they've not shared it with anybody. Look at them. Not shared it with anybody. Then we watch a video that our student pastors has put on social media. Watch that, and I'm laughing, and I'm getting distracted. I'm doing something else, and I'm looking back over at it. But do you know what the very, I think it was toward, it was very, right there at the very end. Do you know what the one of the last things that they said? On the screen it said, in 2021st. It didn't say that. It said 2021. I'm sorry. 2020, oh no, yeah. It said, we are better together. Let me tell you something, church. You look at him right now. Sister Elizabeth ain't, ain't in here, but he can answer for her. Now I'll go ahead and tell you what the answer is. We have not shared any kind of notes concerning these things. We're getting together next Sunday. And we're going to start sharing and comparing notes and, and looking at some things for 20, 21st. This has not been shared. This is the first time that it's, been, that it's on the screens. It's been shared to this body. That tells me that God's got something in the storehouse for Coosa Valley Church of God. But it also tells me that we have got to be united together. I know that there is a sickness called COVID-19. I will say this a couple of more times throughout the course of this year or however long that this lasts. I am not diminishing the fact that, that, that there is a physical sickness that is there. I am not a doctor. I am not a medical doctor. I'm not going to sit here and say I slept at a Holiday Inn last night and therefore I can diagnose anything. I am not a medical doctor. But what I am, I am charged with the spiritual well-being of this body of believers. COVID-19 is a physical sickness. We're going to pray against it. But I am standing, I am standing firm on a solid foundation from the Word of God 
that God has given me as the pastor of this church the authority to stand against the spiritual sickness that is coming against the body of believers. I refuse to allow it. We're going to stand, church. We're going to get a hold of God. We're going to get a hold of God like we never have before. We're going to be together as a body of believers. It's not 12 different bodies. It's not 12 different groups. This is one body, one church, one, one, ch one church family that is holding and worshiping one God because we know and we're, we believe that God is able. I love that verse. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above. It's time to get our feelings off our shoulders. It's time to stand up, get our shoulders squared back, ready to fight the fierce fight of a spiritual warfare. It's time to put on the whole armor of God, get off of the armor of complacency, get on the whole armor of God, of standing firm on the Word of God, and come what may, keep our eyes focused on what God's got for us. Would you bow your heads all over this house? Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we come to you today, God, we want to thank you and we want to praise you for the blessings that you've given us. Thank you for one more opportunity that you've allowed us to come to worship you. Father, this morning I've given your word as you've given it to us. I pray, Father God, that, you, that your word has gone forth and I pray, Father, that, that whatever happens, you would get the glory and you would get the honor. I pray, Father God, for encouragement. I pray, Father God, for strength. I pray, Father God, for peace in our lives today. And Father, I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Those that are joining us on live feed, thank you for being a part of our services. May the good Lord bless you as our prayer. Join us back at 5 o'clock this afternoon as we continue our study in the book of Revelation. May God bless you. Amen.